0: in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, The Love of God, and this is part four of that series, and this is lesson number three. Part four of the series is The Compelling Power of God's Love, and lesson three is, the subject is the, The Operation of Ministry, The Spirit of Faith. Now, again, Paul made it very clear in the first few words of the first sentence of verse 1 of Second Corinthians 4 that all of this discussion was about ministry, ministry concepts, ministry principles, ministry motives, the spirit of ministry, the subject of ministry, the goal and focus of ministry, the privilege of ministry. So in this uh, Last few verses of uh, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, which we will study now in lesson 3. We're going to talk about the, the operation of ministry. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, for the abund- that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amplified says, Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who had wrote. I have believed, and therefore have I spoken. We too believe. And therefore we speak assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise up us, raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. For all these things are taking place for your sake so that the more grace, divine favor and spiritual blessing uh, extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inward man, inner self, is being progressively renewed day by day. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are for the things that are visible are temporary brief and fleeting but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting wow wow <sighs> that was amplified here's wees but we have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist according as it has been written and is at present on record i believe wherefore i spoke and as for us uh And as for us, we are believing, wherefore we are also speaking, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus shall also raise us up with Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, (coughs) in order that the grace, having been multiplied through the intermediate agency of the many in their prayers for me, may cause the thanksgiving to superabound, resulting in the glory of God. Wherefore, we are not losing courage, but and if, as is the case, our outer self is progressively decaying, yet our inward self is being changed into a new kind of life, fit for the spiritual new spiritual existence into which we have been ushered in salvation and constantly being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus day by day. For our momentary Light burden of affliction is working out for us more and more surpassingly an eternal, heavy weight of glory. while we are not contemplating the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, eternal. Wow, wow, wow again. Wow. I mean in this in the absolute most positive way to say it. I just don't have a better word. There's just no better word. That is some stuff right there. That is some <laughs> my, my 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 that that's truth. That is amazing truth. So Paul is saying, he told us first of all in the lesson one the verses we looked at in lesson 1 that that the ministry that we have we're not going to use human human the human artifices and devices that humans use to perform ministry but we we because we're we're dealing with a supernatural situation and so we're going to let the lord jesus christ be the subject of our ministry and also the power of, of the ministry. And then in the last uh, lesson, we talked about the fact that we are just earthen vessels and, and God constantly is reminding us that we are earthen vessels so that we will know that the power that is in and th- works through us is God and not us. And he constantly is allowing us to go through difficulties and trials and tests so that we never forget that the power is God and not of us. Brother Barnes said to me one day, one of the few times I had a chance to visit with him, I'll never forget it. He was sitting at his desk, and uh, he pulled off his glasses and held them in his hands. And I don't remember the exact number, but it was something along this line. He said, Brother Wright, I've been praying for God. He said, I prayed for the sick all over this world. God has healed so many sick people through my ministry. He said, I have prayed for over 50 years for God to take away these glasses. And he said, God spoke to me one day and said, Tom, you can stop praying. I'm never taking away the glasses. And he said, I said, why Lord? Won't that undermine people's faith that, I can pray for them and they will get healed because God will use me to see them healed? And The Lord said, no. Those glasses tell people that if the power was yours, you would have fixed them a long time ago. But those glasses tell everybody that the power's not yours, that it's me and that I use you myself. And I don't let you use me for your personal benefit and gain outside of my will wow, wow, there it is. Why is it, why is it that preachers go through and their families go through difficult things? Difficult things, very difficult things. Why is that? Recently in uh, our general conference, Brother Scott Graham preached a message and he reminded us about Brother Larson, the missionary to Colombia, one of the founding missionaries, if not the first uh, apostolic missionary in Colombia, South America. That Brother Larson's wife died, even though he was praying for her to live. And because the Catholic the country is Catholic, they would not let any funeral home uh, prepare his wife for burial. And because almost all the cemeteries belonged to the Catholics. Uh, They wouldn't let him have a plot uh, to bury his wife. Finally, somebody had mercy on him and allowed him to buy a plot for his wife, but Brother Larson had to build the casket himself, and he had to dig the grave himself and bury her himself. And God wouldn't let him come home. He had to stay there in Columbia by himself. And we go, God, that is that is so unkind. That's, that's so harsh. I thought you were a God of love. He is a God of love. And the love of God saved her. And the love of God gave him the grace to do all of that. And the love of God manifested through that man. Helped break through the re- The opposition in the spirit so that they could have revival in Colombia. We want the revival, but what about the price? The price is very simple. We all have to pay the same price, and that's die to ourselves. Except the grain of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abides alone, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. That's why we're all always trying to come up with a new method. We want new methods. We want we want better buildings and not that there's anything wrong with that, it's the motive, it's the problem. Uh, we, we, we want to preach better messages, and we want to have better singing, and all that may be great, unless it's, we're doing it to bypass dying. We want to learn more and more, and that's good, unless we're using it to bypass dying. We want to be presentable. We want to wear the nicest clothes we can. And that's not a problem as long as we're not trying to bypass dying. Because if we're bypassing dying, we're bypassing being used of God. And it may appear as though we have a ministry, and we may it may appear as though we're being used. But we are not. We're not. We're not. It just appears that way. And God have mercy on all the folks that sit there while we're ministering to them from that perspective God have mercy on them because the blind are going to lead the blind and they're gonna both fall in the ditch if something doesn't happen now I can't crucify myself that would be suicide and I'm not gonna do that so I've got to I've got to be the Christian God is enabling me to be at whatever place I am. And I've got, I, can, I can only be who and what I am at that moment. But there has to be a desire to move forward. And if I'm moving forward, then the grace of God will make up for my deficiencies while he's knocking the snot out of me. Sorry, bringing me to the place of deadness to self. So when I get to that place, the spirit of ministry that will be or the ministry, the operation of the ministry that will be working through me is the spirit of faith. And what is the spirit of faith? Hearing, repeating. Hearing, speaking. Hearing, speaking. Hearing, speaking. That is New Testament ministry. Paul called it the spirit of faith. That And that which is not of faith is sin. So if our ministries are not ministries of faith, of hearing and repeating, then our ministry is not of God at all. Hearing and repeating. And I guess, I guess, if our faith is so small that we have to write everything God is saying to us down so we can get up and read it because we don't trust God to be able to speak it through us live. I know what our culture is. I know. People can't even get up and make announcements anymore. Without writing it all down or reading it. Okay. Oh, you yeah, little faith, no problem. As long as the word of God is accurately read. Okay. But those words have got to come from God, not from intellect. If you're writing them down, they sure better come from God. Sure better come from God. And not from your intellect. And you may have direction from God, but if you began to... to to leaven the rhema of God with all of your intellect, then you're not not doing the word of God. You're not doing the will of God. That's not ministry. God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your good ideas. He doesn't need your intellect. (sighs) Oh, I know, I know. But one of the smartest men who's ever preached the gospel said, I have determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I didn't come to you with words of oratory, but I came to you with in weakness and in fear <coughs> and much trembling so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God because you're not hearing my oratory. You're seeing the demonstration of the spirit power of God. It's Bible, folks. I don't care what our culture is. It doesn't negate the Bible. I don't care how people are being taught to preach. It doesn't negate the Bible. It doesn't do away with the Bible. Let's do away with it. One of the reasons we write it down so we can time it, because we're under pressure from people to not go too long. I'm not under pressure from people. I'm not even thinking about those people and how long I'm going. All I'm thinking about is what does he want to say. When he stops talking, I promise you I'm done. I'm done because I have experienced enough times where I, I, I added a few things and it killed what God was doing because God always, 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 always bears witness. Somehow when a message is from him, he bears witness to the hearers somehow. It can be nothing more than, I say nothing more. It can be, it can be as simple as just a, 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 a witness in their spirit. That's God. But it's God witnessing to them in their spirit. Or it can be thunder and lightning or everything in between. Demonstrations of the spirit, gifts of the spirit, operation of gifts of the spirit, miracles, signs, wonders. God can use any way he wants to use to confirm the word he has spoken. But when he speaks, he confirms it. When he speaks, he confirms it. Now, I love to sing. I love to sing with my wife. I'm a musician, even though I haven't played my trumpet in years. So I'm not against musicians and singers. But I wonder if that's the reason why we have musicians and singers rush to the platform when we're through preaching, is to mask the fact that there's no witness, no supernatural witness to the words we've just preached. I wonder if that's why. Because I'll tell you why. Even here in our our church and in places I travel, the music and singing is so loud you can't hardly minister to a person in the altar. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why did we begin to do that? Why do we still do that? And aren't all those people playing and singing, don't they have any kind of ministry to pray for people? Now, you might get away with it when you got one or two to be prayed for. But aren't we believing for tens and twenties and fifties and hundreds and thousands to be prayed for? And you're going to be able to spare some of your key people to make that noise at the end of service? Now, when the Spirit of the Lord lifts, I'm all on board there being a time of praise and thanksgiving before we leave the building, after God, after God does what He wants to do, it is appropriate to spend a season, whether a few minutes or longer, worshiping and thanking, giving thanks and praise to God for all He did and said. That's appropriate. We don't really do that, not very often. So Paul says we having the same spirit of faith according to the are written I believe therefore I've spoken. We also believe therefore you speak. Romans 10 says that faith happens in the heart. Verse 17 says faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. Every word I speak is supposed to be raiment. Jesus said uh, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you are, they are spirit and they are life. The rhema, he said, not the logos. He said, the rhema that I speak unto you, their spirit, their life, the flesh doesn't profit anything. It's the spirit that does the quickening. And when the spirit speaks Rama, and I as his conduit, then sp- speak the rhema that he's wanting to speak and that it's him speaking it, then he confirms it with a demonstration of his spirit and power. Knowing that he, verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. The ultimate goal here is not what people think of me and it's not the praise I will get and the thanks I will get for the ministry that the Lord uses me to do. The ultimate goal here is that Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ would be manifested and that people would give thanks and praise to him for what he has said and done. That's the goal. Titus, and I'm going to read it. If you'll give me a moment, I'm going to look it up. I didn't have this uh, marked, but I think this is it. Yeah. Titus chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, uh, I'm going to start with verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through Preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Now, <laughs> the Greek word translated manifested here is the exact same Greek word that's used in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. God was manifest in the flesh. So the same act of manifestation, the same purpose of manifestation that happened in the womb of Mary and the birthing of Christ... And then the revelation of Christ as God at the baptism of John. And then finally, the full revelation of him in his dying on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. That manifestation of God, of the word of God, is supposed to happen through preaching. And that is supernatural. It is not intellectual. It is supernatural. Amen. We've manifested the word through preaching. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God for peoples to have a manifestation, see, hear, experience a manifestation of the logos of God by it being quickened by the spirit. And when the quickened spirit's logos... And causes you to hear it and me to hear it. It becomes rhema. So when the spirit quickens logos to me and I hear that logos, I hear it as rhema. And then when I speak what I hear, I am now speaking rhema, which is the logos being manifested to the lost. And hear me right now. The word of God is very very powerful I don't have the time or the leading to go into it here but I encourage you to read Jeremiah 23 and hear what the Lord has to say about those who preach a vision of their own heart rather than hearing his word and speaking his word faithfully through his power and his glory If I am letting the Lord use me supernaturally, then Paul says, because we want the Lord Jesus Christ to be the one preached, the one manifested, and the one praised and thanked because of ministry, for which cause we faint not, we don't get tired, because he is the one doing this through us. We are his conduits. We are not doing it for him. He is our, he is the con, we are his conduits. He's doing it through us. For this cause, we don't get weary, and we don't give up and quit because he always replenishes what he takes out. But though our outward man perish so that we remember this is always an earthen vessel and that we are not doing this, he is, yet he restores and renews the inward man every day day by day, every day. So if I go a day without being renewal, renewed in my inner man, I made that decision, not God. That inner man's renewal is available every day. Why? Because he is allowing the outward man to be in a constant state of being dead to self and crucified with Christ so that God can be the one ministering through us so that his life is the one being lived in us and that his ministry, his faith is the, is what's being ministered through us so that he is the focus of the ministry, he is the subject of the ministry and he is the one that gives the, gets the praise and the honor and the glory of the ministry because he is the one who is the power and authority in, by, and through that ministry that's God that's God and Paul goes on for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day and how are, is our outward man perishing for our light affliction which is but for a moment now you say what I'm going through is not light uh wait uh hey, the Lord says it's light He has specifically limited it to never be more than absolutely necessary to accomplish in us what he intends to accomplish, what he needs to accomplish so we can continue to be used and not touch his glory. And so that we will be able to be saved no matter how awesomely he uses us. So he, he gives us this momentary light affliction. Well, light in regards to what? it's light affliction as the price to bring me to the end of myself so that i can have this far more and exceeding powerful glory of god flowing through me and i won't take the great credit for it and how is it that we can see what god is doing through us so in such an almost offhand manner, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Well, I'm almost 75 years old. It hadn't been a moment. Oh, he didn't mean a moment in my perspective. He means a moment in his perspective. And that's what he tells us next. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen But the things which are not seen For the things which are seen are temporal Temporary Not eternal Not spiritual But the things which are not seen are eternal So God allows these things to happen to my flesh not for the purpose of bogging me down in the pain and the trial and the tests of this flesh, but in getting me to the place that I will get outside of myself by His Spirit and grace, and I will be tuned in to Him and that which is eternal and never changes. He never promised to make this heaven. In fact, He can't make your life here now heaven and save you. can't do it. Can't do it. Flesh is of such a nature that if God only gave us good from our perspective of good and, and gave us everything we ever wanted, we would eventually become idols unto ourselves. And we would take the credit for how good we are. And God acknowledges how good we are. And He look how he has rewarded me for my goodness and then it all becomes about us, and it's no longer about Him. And that doesn't happen overnight, but that transition is surely will happen, and it takes place, but by the time it gets that far, it's very, very difficult to ever get back, no matter what God able, is able to do or try. Because once I get to that place that it's all about me, and all about here and now, and that's all I care about, When God does those things that allow us to be brought to the end of here and now, uh, many times those folks end up bitter with God and end up lost because of it. It is so critical for you and I to get this. This last days that that are upon us, how God wants to use his body, his people. If we don't get this, we will not survive it spiritually. Why do you think it says that, you know, father's going to betray son and, and uh, mother, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law and son, father, and daughter, what, whatever. Why is it that people we love are going to betray us for certain death? Why? Because they've lived the life of putting themselves first. And to save this life here now, they're going to give you up, throw us under the bus. Is the modern term They're going to give us up to the authorities So that to deflect attention from themselves So that they can save their life here and now And prove that they want this life more than eternal life Because they, they, they give up those that are closest to him Look how I'm going to prove how much I am on your side over here Because I'm going to give up these people that I'm related to, that are my best friends. And I'm going to let you take them and kill them instead of me because I'm trying to save my life here. And that's the condition people are going to get in and be in that do not understand these, these things from the word of God. Because if God has been leading me to death and keeping me dead all these years, you can't threaten me with heaven. And so when, if I'm finally going to get what I have lived for all this time to get to leave this life and to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ forever, I'm going to be threatened with that. You can threaten me with that. No, you can't threaten me with that. You can't. Now is my salvation nearer than when I first began. So is yours. If you are aware of it, so is yours. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, you have spoken to us today. You have spoken some hard things to hear, some difficult things to receive, things that are difficult for us to take and lay down on the altar and give up so that we can have things you're giving and do things your way and let you do them through us. Instead of us doing them for you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the spirit of the love of God and the word of God and the grace of God upon you and I today that we might be empowered, drawn and compelled by his love to him. That we might be empowered to do what he would have us to do. That he might be able to do all these things through us for his glory's sake. In Jesus name. Amen.